0: Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air.
1: Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense, the very first show of 2019. Happy New Year, Larry.
2: Well, happy new year to you, too, Chris. How are you? Uh,
1: How was your new year? It was really, really good. I just kind of chilled out and enjoyed the watching the new year come in. Watch the ball drop, of course. It's kind of a tradition around here. Did you do that? I did. Well, that's a good thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And hopefully, big blessings to you this year. I hope that the Lord will be good to you. I know he always is. So, uh, always all the time. So,
2: Absolutely. And to everyone, too. So definitely, you know, well, hey, you know, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. Larry Rosenthal's show here. Again, I'd like to welcome our new listeners on Sirius XM Family Talk 131. Uh, as you like to say, Chris, coast-to-coast coast and border-to-border, border, right, as well as our longtime listeners in the D.C. metro area on WAVA 105.1 FM. You forgot Sea to Shining Sea, but that's okay. Sea to, to Shining Sea. There you go. because it's, it's hard to say. I don't know. Happy New Year, everyone. That's exactly right. So, Well, the first week of the stock market in, in 2019 did not disappoint at all. Uh, lots of volatility um, you know, uh, uh, across the board, and we're going to talk about that this morning as well as getting back to some basics since it's the beginning of the year. Uh, so let's just roll on into it right now, Chris. We've got lots of data to to, to talk about. One of the one of the key components is it, it, it's interesting, too. Sometimes, you know, I, I, people will always ask me, you know, hey, what do you think about this stock? What do you think about that stock? And they always talk about the stock price. You know, hey, you think the price at fifty dollars a share is good? You think the price at one hundred and eighty dollars a share is good? What do you say? And I and, and my answer is, the stock the stock price really doesn't matter too much. You want to look at the price to book, the price to cash flow, and the P E ratio. That's really going to determine whether or not it's a good value buy right now, if, or if it's overpriced or oversold, or or what the story is as far as finding an entry point. Bringing that all around and tying it up right now, the S&P 500 has a forward-looking P.E. on it right now, of 14.95. Let's just round it to 15. So usually the 20-year average is around 16. So we are below on a P.E. standpoint right now where the overall market is and that's due to the the pullback that we've had. So so far year to date, which is just one year into it, you know, well let's back up and do two thousand and eighteen first. The Dow and the S and P lost about six percent each each uh last year in two thousand and eighteen and the Nasdaq the 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 tech stocks lost a little over four percent. Year-to-date in the first part of this week, small company stocks are actually up 2.3%. S&P's up one. The NASDAQ's up one and a half and some change. And the Dow's up fractionally at 0.45. So what? changed? What happened? And by the way, the 10 year note is at two point six seven, kind of a far, far drop from from the three and a quarter that it reached earlier in the year at at its high. So so what changed? What happened? You know, with with the big sell off this past week and the big rebound that we had uh, just yesterday, 700 and some points on the on the Dow and and the S&P and the Nasdaq uh, shot up like rockets as well. What changed? Well, what's interesting here is our economy is still strong. It's still vibrant. It's still expanding. It's still growing. And I'll cite some stats here in just a moment. But we've had some circumstantially distressed issues overhanging the strength of our structurally strong economy. And notice the different words there circumstantially and then structurally. Our economy doesn't have any structural issues they're very strong. On the other hand, we've had some circumstantial issues coming out of of geopolitical issues. We 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 have, you know, government shutdown, which really hasn't been a big issue to the markets at this point. We have Trade with China as well as other nations, and we have interest rates. Well, yesterday Ben Bernanke, Janet Yellen, and the current sitting uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell had a little conference, and 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 uh, they they were on a panel. They were asking all kinds of questions and Q and A and everything. And the Fed Chair uh, 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 Jerome Powell uh, spoke, and uh, he said he said pretty much exactly what the markets wanted to hear because the markets are looking always. Always, Chris. The markets are always looking for clarity of direction, and when when some of the messages since October have been a little um, a little gray, I should say, a little cloudy on on the direction of interest rates and the bond roll off on the balance sheet of the Fed and, and tightening policies and things like that. Um, but but. Uh, um, you know uh Chairman Powell said basically that you know the Fed is prepared to adjust monetary policy quickly and flexibly if needed, either way, if the economy s- shows signs of slowing then they can they can um Accommodate by lowering rates very quickly. On the other hand, if the economy shows signs of of getting too too overheated with too much inflation, then they're gonna they're gonna raise a little bit, and that's what the markets need to hear. But the key word here is going forward. The Fed said that they're going to be patient on additional rate hikes. Now that's a change in language from the last time they spoke when they said, "Hey, you know, we're we're raising, we're going to raise at you know probably one time as well as keeping the the bonds rolling off on on our balance sheet from the 2008 purchases that they made from all the toxic bonds and things like that." So now talking about their balance sheet, they also said that if, you know, they they basically want the stuff to roll off their balance sheet, we all do. But at the same time, if it, if it causes too much tightening in the economy, then they'll pause on that program as well. So bottom line here is that the, the Fed has given us some clarity of direction. And really stemmed off the fears. That's what the market embraced yesterday, along with a couple of other items that I'll get to in a moment. But the bottom line here is that the Fed seems to have a little bit more softening language, a little bit more of a dovish approach to interest rate hikes in 2018. And we all know that as interest rates shoot up too much too quickly, it will – slow down the economy and stocks will roll over and that's what the fear has been and this and and the fear of the sales of this, these violent swings up and down back and forth have really been just that it's been worrisome about you know if, if interest rates are going to get too high so inflation is still pretty low though right inflation is low as a matter of fact uh, Jerome Powell said you know that that uh uh, you know, if if you take a look at some of the comments that he said, you know, by by so many measures, <clears throat> excuse me, even in, in 2018, the economy was very good. Uh, most of the data still remains quite solid and suggest ongoing momentum in 2019. And here's some of the stats that he was that he was laying and laying out. And then I'll address the, the inflation question here. You know, Friday's job report, they were expected to add about 178,000 jobs in December. We added 312,000 jobs in, in December, a very, very strong number, almost off the charts type of a number. Unemployment's been below 4% for nine months now. That's the longest period since the 1960s. The longest months in a row, nine months since the 1960s. What's interesting, too, also, is the labor force participation rate is edging up again, meaning more people are actually coming into the workforce and saying, hey, you know what? I can go get a job. I can go get a job and make some extra money, and that's a very welcome sign to a continuing growing organic policy. From you know, from you know, organically, without stimulation from the Fed or anything like that, wages have been continuing to move up gradually. Our average hourly earnings have been moving up also. But one of the things that that is fearful about such great news is that the economy can be overheating. But what's interesting here is is As Powell said, this is quite welcome, but doesn't raise concerns about too high inflation. in other words, the inflation numbers that they've been looking for are 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 coming in sort of just like Goldilocks, just right, not too low, not too high, but just right and that's what we needed to hear and and so on a on a forward looking basis, you know unemployment claims are very, very low. That's more of a leading indicator that shows a very strong and, and growing economy. Um, one of the, the weaking, weak, weak points of, of some of the reports here was ISM manufacturing came in last month very low. And, and you know, one month does not make a trend. But at the same time, uh, we still see momentum moving forward as far as the economy rising and, and growing. But the Fed – which, which, you know, when, when they speak, remember I always say, Chris, don't fight the Fed, never fight the Fed,
1: yeah. you know. Um, it's like uh, the old EF Hutton commercials, when the Fed speaks, people listen. You know?
2: This is true. Yeah. This is definitely true. So, so very good numbers there. Then, then taking a look at, 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 you know, international markets, you know, China's been hurting, and, and uh, their economy is very sluggish right now, and Chinese authorities are responding now with stimulus, you know re- requiring bank banks to reserve less money so that they can lend lowering rates over there, so that 's good as well. Then you take a look at at the other side, away from monetary policy, so as far as monetary policy goes, I would give it an a plus as a result of the uh, the, the uh, panel you 're a tough grader too so a plus is i great. am I am because it it really took away fears. And, and the fears aren't necessarily that we want to get, you know, artificial stimulation or anything like that. The, 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 the fear is just un, unclear direction, fogginess. Now we have a clear direction. As a matter of fact, Fed funds futures in January and March are predicting a zero chance of a rate hike going forward, which is, which is very good. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to raise rates sometime in 2019 if the data shows, and that's Okay. As long as the data is showing, then, then things will be fine as well, far as all isn't, that goes. Isn't
1: uh, the first quarter usually typically for most businesses a tough quarter in most cases?
2: Uh, I don't really think so. I, no? I, you know, I, I, you know if you're talking about seasonality stuff, you know, different businesses, different industries have different seasons, gotcha, obviously, gotcha. But, but – not, no, necessarily. Not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, not at all. You know, and then you take a look at at, at trade, and, and there's going to be some trade talks going on this week, January 7th and 8th, in just a couple of days over in China about, about the trade moving forward. So that's positive as well. And, you know, if we get some sort of a trade deal that, that may be a win-win type of a scenario in the first half of 2019 with China, where, where we can improve our trade relations and they're happy with the deal as well, um, both sides can sort of to stand up and say, hey, we made a good deal going forward, um, that, that's going to do very, very well for the market. So all in all, you know, that's one of the reasons that, 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 that stocks have been under pressure is because of trade and because of, of, you know, not such a clear direction as far as interest rate movements going in the future.
1: It surprises me that uh, for whatever reason, the government shutdown doesn't seem to be ticking that meter mm-hmm. at all anyway, any direction for, for that matter.
2: You know, Chris. Over the years, over since uh, since uh, we we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago when when it was coming up, but but since 1976, we've we've had 19 or 20 different government shutdowns here. I'm looking at this chart here, um, and and the average rate of return of the stock market during the government shutdown was minus point six, so six tenths of one percent down. So it really hasn't been an issue thus far uh the longest that we had a shutdown on was under Clinton uh which was 21 days um so you know we'll we'll have to uh, uh just see see what happens here but but so far it really hasn't been a, a, a big concern it's more of a concern on what interest rate policies are as well as uh, trade trade with China right now, and that's what that's what the market is going to be. And so we think that 2019 is going to be a, a a back to normal volatility year. And what I mean by that is this is is five of the last seven years we have had less volatility than the average. In other words, 62 times a year on the average, 62 times a year on the average, the market will trade above or below 1%, 1% movement per day, 62 times a year. And five of the last seven years, it hasn't done that. Now, it did it in 2018 last year, obviously. And, and I think this year we're going to see more volatility going up and down. But stay tuned. Things look pretty pretty good as far as getting clarity of direction on some of these issues, these big issues that have been weighing on, on stock performance. So all in all, I, I, I'm... Feeling pretty optimistic with with where things are today. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal show. Go ahead and dial us up at 855 Rose 123. 855 Rose 123 or 855 767 3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, give us a call from all around the country today on any subject matter that you may have in mind. 855 767 3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense, and I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment Here's a quick tip for you. Remember, it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it, and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's That's 855-767-3123.
3: Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. you found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is
1: the Larry Rosenthal Show. Yep, that phone number is 855-767-3123. Jump on those lines right now to talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in the studio today. That's 855-767-3123.
2: Three, one, two, three. Larry?
1: Yes. Can you
2: hear me? I can hear you. How are you today?
4: Okay. I'm fine. And you?
2: I'm doing well. How can I help you?
4: So, I have a daughter who is just starting college. And as you can imagine, she has intermittent employment. And I'm wondering what is the best advice I can give her right now as far as building towards retirement?
2: to just start putting the money into a growth-oriented mutual fund. Okay. I, I understand exactly where you are with kids in college, and that's, that's what they need to do is just start putting money into a growth-oriented mutual fund. Have the mutual fund sign up with her checking account to take $25 a month or $50 a month out. So she starts getting those, those behavioral patterns of saving dollars, and she starts reading the statements and seeing what's happening with the shares that she's purchasing and, and, and everything like that. That's the way that I would go about doing it, Jackie, Okay.
1: All right. Great. I think uh, that's a great way to start the new year is get your kids on the right track as well. Right, Larry?
2: Oh, definitely. It is, Chris. You know, and that's where we're going to be talking. Some of the things we'll talk about today is getting back to basics in, in financial planning. And, and uh, in Proverbs thirteen eleven, it says dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. And if you stop and think about the, the the last caller here just talking about gathering money little by little, every time you put money into the market, into your 401K, into the government TSP, into your 403B retirement plan, into a mutual fund, every month, whether it's $25, $250, $2,500 a month, whatever it may be, You're buying shares little by little. It's called dollar cost averaging where you're putting the same amount of money in each month, buying the shares, and you're going to get the average price per share over a long period of time. So stop and think about the the wisdom there of just gathering little by little because that's what it's all about. It's not about. This year's rate of return, it's really about the acquisition of shares this year moving towards that college funding goal or moving towards that retirement planning goal or whatever the scenario is that you're saving for down the road. It's purchasing the shares little by little. Fundamentals, back to basics, basic blocking and tackling. So we want to talk about three things here today um, <clears throat> when it comes to back to basics being the first show of, of, of a new year here. And we've all heard about asset allocation, having our money into different, you know, different places. You know, grandma said, Don't put all your eggs in one basket when you're riding your bike home with you know with my carton of eggs, right? So so talking about asset allocation, having money on the international side. Whether it's developed international or emerging markets international or frontier international, you know different size of nations different different economies to deal with, having money in bonds versus stocks versus cash, having money in large company stocks midsize small size. Uh, stocks, having money in different sectors, if you feel that you want to overweight a certain sector where you're where you're looking at going, you know gee, you know financials are so low right now because they've been beat up so bad, maybe we should put some dollars into the financial sector. And there you can have small companies, mid midsize and large companies, international and domestic. So my point is, is now's a very good time, the beginning of the year, to really sit down with your advisor or sit down with a planning software. If you want information on, on how your portfolio lines up, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email. We'd be happy to, to show you some tools on how to see if you're properly diversified or if you have the proper asset allocation going on in all of your investments in order to accomplish your goals down the road. Because remember, there's, there's three phases of financial planning. The first phase is growing our dollars. The second phase is distributing our dollars. In other words, we've reached the point where we now need to start pulling money back to live off of in retirement years. And then the third phase is legacy planning. Passing our assets on in, a mo- in the most tax-efficient manner, in the right way, and the right amounts to our heirs and charities, and so those are the three three important phases. And throughout all of those phases we need to have proper asset allocation when it comes to building you know the the, the wealth that we want to build and be able to pass the assets on going to sit end...
1: down with somebody though I don't I don't want to sit down with a software program Larry I'd, I'd rather sit down with you if you're you know or at least a financial planner I'm
2: kind of software programs are a little boring to me you know? well you know what I meant by a software program Chris is and that's a good 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 I'm point just is, joking with you actually. no no it, it's true but what I meant by a software program is this is you know you can you can load your data up uh, into, you know, by data, I mean you can put in your, your different investments into different software programs and it can give you, you know, what your asset allocation is. Now, if you have basic software that you're using that, that's not, not really subscription-based or through a financial advisor or something, you're going to get some very broad categories when you're looking to do, to, to research what your investment allocations really are. You need to be working with a professional here, and that—that's my, my my bias, like you were talking about, uh, whether it's our firm or or your current firm. But be asking your advisor, hey, you know what? What is my current allocation right now? Is my allocation. Correct. For my goals, my risk level, my time horizon and what's going on in the markets and the economy. Have we have we moved into the right places giving this sort of new economy that's going on with trade and with interest rates and and, and all kinds of stuff going on with with everything there? So what is my asset allocation mixture today and how nimble can we move it around if we need to make any changes on it? You've so. got
1: something really cool in your office that I think is, is kind of neat that we could talk about also right now. And that's the uh, way in which you can see everything you have uh, in uh, one place. You have it uh, set up that way. And you can explain that a little bit better than I can.
2: Yes, our our financial plan will, will – if you go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and just click on the video there on the first page, on, on the home page there, LarryRosenthal.com, you'll see how we build financial plans for our clients. Our financial plan basically will will, will – it, it has the ability to reach out – and, and pull in all of your accounts, so in other words it it can pull in the your four oh one k it can pull in your brokerage account, your bank accounts, your mortgages your 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 credit cards, everything, your cash flows, your car payments, all into one place, it reaches out overnight into into the different accounts and pulls it all in so that you can have a full view of what's going on from your financial uh, perspective uh, w- within your financial plan. It's very interesting. So go go visit that, that uh, website, LarryRosenthal.com, our website there, and click on the video there that shows you how a properly structured financial plan will, will actually work. So, in other words, at the cl- click of a button, you can really see how you're on pace towards your college funding goals, your financial goals in retirement, whatever your, your goals may, may be as far as all that goes. I want to talk a little bit now, Chris, about product diversification okay uh, product diversification is, is something that's just, it's it's uh, it's a very interesting discussion all the time with clients and with other advisors all around the country as well. You know, there are certain advisors that, that only put clients into mutual funds and that's it. There are certain advisors that only put clients into stocks and that's it. There are certain advisors that only use annuities. Other advisors never touch annuities, all different types of things. So I wanted to talk a little bit about product diversification and how important it is is, the, the best way I can sort of describe that is, you know, every investment vehicle out there, whether it's a mutual fund, an ETF, stocks, whatever it may be, they all have pros and cons to them. And, you know, if you take a look at the, uh, one of the advantages of a mutual fund, one of the big advantages of a mutual fund is instant diversification. You put money into a mutual fund and instantly you're going to own fractional shares of a lot of different companies across different sectors, which is wonderful. The downside to a mutual fund may be performance drag because if 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 let 's suppose the mutual fund has a thousand stocks inside of it, how many of those stocks are actually responsible for that year 's rate of return? maybe only three or four hundred so there 's what we call performance drag on there so if you look at buying an individual stock, one of the advantages are it 's cheap there 's no Hidden fees like expense ratios, like a mutual fund or something else may have. But at the same time, you lack diversification unless you're able to get a a, a uh, stock portfolio broad enough across all different sectors and, and asset classes. So product diversification is very important. We typically have mutual funds and ETFs, stocks. Bonds, possibly annuities, UITs, all within our portfolios for our clients because we believe in product diversification. Uh, it's, it's important. And, and a lot of times we will see people come in and with, with lots of different mutual funds, maybe 8, 10, 12, 15 different mutual funds different companies, different names, but behind the scenes, they're investing maybe in, in, in three or four of the same places. They're not as diversified as they think that they are. And that's what some planning software will really do. It, it can do what's called a, a, uh, stock intersection where you can look into each mutual fund and see what, um, uh, uh, the what the internal holdings are of the mutual fund to make sure that you are balanced and diversified. So, hey, Chris, I see it's coming up on the bottom of the hour. We need to take a quick break here. We're going to come back and talk more about product diversification, tax out. Alloc- Tax allocation as well. Give us a ring with any of your questions on any financial planning issues or the stock market or the economy or retirement planning goals. Whatever your questions may be today, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to to Larry Rosenthal. I'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense.
3: Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw in the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout? The pregnant teen? The drug addict? Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. Now nationwide in coast to coast from sea to shining sea call now 855-767-3123 that's 855-rose-123 Live from the nation's capital,
1: this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, the phone number is 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Call right now to talk to Larry Rosenthal here live in studio.
2: Hello, Rosa. Yes. Hi, welcome to the show. How can I help you?
4: I want to know if I would could take $10,000 from my TSP and transfer it to a Roth IRA because I'm soon to be retiring
2: uh so yes you can
4: now i know that there's a penalty not a penalty but i'll be taxed on that ten thousand
2: yes you'll be taxed on it
4: do would you know right off what that could be i know if you and
2: whatever whatever tax bracket you're in is is the tax that it's going to be
4: no is that a wise move to do the ten thousand to the Roth IRA because i won't be able to uh invest in the Roth
2: IRA once I retire. Well, you can also convert money. You can you can when you retire, Rosa, you can take your TSP and roll it over into an IRA and then each year you can do a series of little conversions. You can do 5,000 one year, 10,000 the next year and just slowly convert money over to the Roth side of the ledger.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I don't have to immediately do
2: that. No, no ma'am, you do not have to at all. Not at all. And a lot of people, okay, yeah. when they retire, they will roll their retirement accounts over into an IRA, and then we'll, we'll look take a look at, you know, do you want to convert pieces of it? And a lot of people will do, like I said, series of little conversions each year in order to uh, build up. You know, think about it. If you're 65 and you start converting, let's say, 10000 a year, then when you're 75, you've got $100,000 plus the earnings on it over 10 years, um, you know, each each conversion there. Um <clears throat> But Gr- see, ready to come 70 out at 75 tax free.
4: But I'm going to be 70 next year.
2: Okay. Well, you can still do the same scenario. Uh, just and I, I add five more years day. to it, but in addition to that, also it would be tax-free for your heirs too when they receive the dollars. So wow. there's a lot of there's a lot of thought and, and math calculations and tax calculations into the question of to convert or not convert. Do we convert all of it or portions of it? And if so, what's the plan? Do we want to just do a one-time conversion, or do we want to convert? like I said, series of little conversions over many years, and it serves a couple of purposes. One, it enables you to get some tax-free money for yourself down the road after it's become seasoned, and then secondly, it also enables your heirs to receive some tax-free dollars. So we have a whole ca- Roth conversion calculation sheet that we can step you through if you'd like.
4: Okay, I'd appreciate that.
2: Sure. Let me go ahead and place you on hold, and Bob will get some information from you, and we'll send you out information on Roth conversions and, and give you a, a courtesy follow-up for you to help you out.
1: You know, it's interesting, Larry. That's probably one of our more common questions about uh, what to do is the conversion process. And I know I know that's a, a popular concept with you, and I guess
2: this time of year would be a good idea to start thinking about planning for
1: that as well.
2: Sure, Chris, it all falls under the tax allocation planning of of, of things. You know, we, it, stop and think about for a moment here how much money you've saved, you know, and in your retirement plans, and how much money's never been taxed, and and you you control hundred percent of it. You can direct those investment strategies, but you only own sixty five to seventy percent of it after tax. And one of the biggest concerns or biggest, you know, gripes that people say when they're in retirement years over 70, you know, they've got their house paid for or almost paid for. They have very little tax deductions anymore. And then they've got this pile of money sitting in, in retirement plans that have never been taxed before. And then you pull it out and they have to pay tax, especially when it's subject to the required minimum distributions. I know a lot of people that will pull money out of their, their IRAs after 70 and a half and Pay the tax because of the required minimum distribution at age seventy and a half and over. They turn around and reinvest it because they don't they don't need the dollars, and so it's a very interesting uh, scenario. I I I know that I know people that that say never put money into a Roth, always put it pre-tax whereas others say always put it post tax into the roth and and I kind of in the, am in the middle. I like to have diversification when it comes to my tax equation. I recognize there's a strong value for putting money pre-tax into a retirement plan today because you get that tax deduction today. No one can ever take it away from you. Uh, on the other hand, I also recognize the the uh strong desire and need to have tax-free money in retirement years coming out on the Roth side. So, you know, that's part of the tax allocation things that we can talk about this morning as well. There's there, The IRS looks at our, our money through four different tax lenses. One is 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 what we call non-qualified accounts, like in your bank account. You get a little bit of interest each year. You have to pay tax on it or in your brokerage account there. Your investment accounts, non-IRA type of accounts, where you have to pay taxes each year on your dividends or your capital gains or or buy-sell transactions, things like that. So that's one way that, that we're paying tax as our dollars are growing. On the other hand, tax deferral inside a, a non-deductible IRA or an annuity or a retirement plan, 401K, whatever it may be, all the money in there grows tax-deferred. So you're getting compound interest without paying taxes each year In the end, you'll pay some tax on it, though, down the road. But the thought process there is you're getting tax-deferred growth compounding, which is much better than having to pay tax each year out of your own pocket on money that you're earning as well. Even when you're not using that money, you're still reinvesting the dollars. So it's important to understand that the, the taxes are the most expensive thing inside any investment. You know, stop and think about it. Who else, you know, who takes 28%, 20%, whatever the, the, the rates are that you're in these days, um, you know, from, from your investment earnings? So well, usually tax- your wife takes a little bit of that, you know, large percent. <laughs> <There you laughs> not go. as much as
1: the tax, man. I hope my wife's not listening right now.
2: There you go. So, so you know, but, but still, the, the um, uh, it, it's very important to understand the tax allocation. As a matter of fact, when we sit down with clients, we we put them through what's called a tax matrix where we will very quickly address how much money they've saved and has never been taxed and we'll start talking to them about this the way it looks down the road. So so people of all ages here's here's the 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 rule if you will the Larry rule on Roth conversions to circle all the way back around to the caller and to your question. Post. I got to write this one down. I love Larry rules. Yep, there you go. So you know when when roth conversions when roth first came out so many people ran to convert right away without understanding the the long-term impact of it and the real math on the break evens and and what you should or shouldn't be doing with it all and so here's sort of the rule of thumb on this is is that everybody who has an ira and that's everybody everybody who has an ira needs to sit down with a qualified Roth conversion calculator and take a look at the merits of converting all or a portion of those dollars into the Roth from the traditional IRA doesn't mean that you run out and do it it means you sit down and you build out a strategy a cash flow plan of it year by year Uh, you know I was I was working with a client uh, just a few weeks ago who, who just decided hey I wanna convert before the end of the year before the end of the year so we sat him down went through the Roth conversion calculator and everything. And at the end, we, we both looked at each other and we said, you know what? It's really not in your best interest to do this. And they agreed, you know? And, and so that's the rule that everybody needs to go through, whereas some people are converting, okay? And, and some people will convert the whole amount. Some people will convert little amounts each year like we talked about with, with the caller there. So so it's important, and it, it is a big question Uh, when it comes to tax planning and tax-free income down the road. As a matter of fact, we're going to be rolling out a seminar here in the first quarter called Going from Taxable to Tax-Free, and we will be putting some uh, Roth conversion conversations in there as well. So, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense.
3: Have you ever wanted to be part of something big?
1: Non-profit organization called Stars Children Africa.
3: Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life?
1: Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise.
3: Now you can be part of something that brings hope.
1: What we do is we actually pay for the school fees.
3: For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year.
1: We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, The teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing.
3: Call now 703 201 2494 or go to starschildrenafrica.org.
1: For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school.
3: 703 201 2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703 201 2494. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show.
1: To dial in, go ahead and do so right now at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal, your financial and retirement expert here in studio. You know, Larry, uh, can you tell me a little bit? I got some questions uh, recently about the Financial Planning Toolkit and and what it it helps you get started with and, and what you do
2: with it. Can you kind of go into that a little bit? Sure. If you want to see the end result of the Financial Planning Toolkit, just go to my website, Chris, Rosenthal dot com and click on the video right there and you'll see the uh, the the result of how a financial plan really looks and, and is structured. Uh, but, but it's going to draw a line in the sand and, and say, you know, basically, hey, if, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where will I be down the road and give you all kinds of, of alternatives? And, you know, in this show, the, the kickoff show of 2019 here, uh, proverb you know, getting back to basics and, and fundamentals and things, Proverbs 21.5 says the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Now is the time to take a good look at where you are. How did your you know are you on pace at the end of two thousand and eighteen for your financial objectives? forget what the market did whether the market was up or down we all know it was down a little bit um, but but are you still on pace for your goals that 's the big question is is you know even in good years do 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 the goals uh you know are are, are your um, uh, assets still moving along according to your financial plan. That's really the big, the big issue there. So, so stop and and, and draw a line in the sand here, basically. And you know, again, Proverbs twenty one five: the plans of the diligent lead to the profit as, sh- lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. You've got to have a game plan when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, growing your assets and things down the road. Uh, let's welcome anonymous on the line. Should from-
1: not be named. Yeah, go
2: ahead. Hello.
1: You're with Larry. Go ahead. What's your question from Alexandria?
4: Okay. My question is, uh, Happy New Year to you all. And uh, my question is this, when the Fed changes rates, either up or down, how soon do those uh, new rates take effect?
2: Well, they, they, they take effect right away, but as far as implementing into the economy, it, it usually a lag of four, six, seven months down the road before the it, it disperses out into the economy where you start to feel the effect of it.
4: Okay. How about on money market rates and so forth? Uh, how, how soon do they generally show the uh, increase or decrease?
2: Well, now you're talking about when a bank decides to increase or decrease their rates. So the Fed's mm-hmm. going to set the 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 Fed funds rate, and then it's up to the individual bank in an open market to uh, competition to say, all right, we're going to raise ours or lower ours. Um, you know, uh, I, I would think that the banks would be slow to raise and, and quick to lower. Um, you know, to, <laughs> yeah, <that makes> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. So, all so right. it just uh, it just I, depends I if you're if you're trying to find the best rate for money markets or cds and things like that in in this in this marketplace today you just need to shop that really is what you need to do
4: okay fair enough thank you very much larry
5: and happy new year to you
2: absolutely happy new year to you as well let's welcome carlos on the line from south carolina good morning carlos how are you today
5: i'm doing fine how are you
2: i'm well how can i help you sir
5: well i i was telling i'm i'm about to inherit a couple of million of, a couple of million dollars And And I have no idea as to how how to go about uh, investing that money. That I'm 61 years old, and I want to take that money that I can actually live off that money. My wife and I. There's no one but but uh, but us two. We have uh, a mortgage which is probably about 150 thousand dollars, and an automobile. We're probably about 250 thousand dollars in debt. But I'm about to get 200. I'm bringing two million dollars. And I'd like to know what to do on how to go about investing that money safely. And on, the, uh, on another question that I'd like to ask is also about the tithing on that money. Um, those are two questions that I have that are most dear to my heart. And i like some help if I possibly could get that.
2: Absolutely, Carlos. Well, you know, the Bible's pretty clear when it talks about bringing a first of your tenth, a first of your increase, right? A tenth mm-hmm. of your increase. So, So I think that answers that question right there and the tithe should be going to the place that that's giving you where you're being fed you know to, to your local church probably uh in addition to that you can you can give you know additional gifts and offering to ministries and 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 things of that nature as well um so 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 that's that's pretty simple right there then then the next thing here is we need to first figure out what the uh uh Origin of the money is, is there there going to be any tax due when you receive these dollars? Uh, Secondly, then we need to sit down and say, you know, okay, we want to invest this money safely and conservatively, but we also want to make sure that it's delivering you dependable streams of income from a reliable source while protecting the principal at the same time and... We want to make sure that everything is tax efficient for you. That's the way that we would go about really taking a look at how to best design investment strategies for you. And, and it very well may, may, may be that we, 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 we park a good amount of money into the bank you know, and into some very conservative bonds and things like that because it doesn't sound like that you're going to need to take a lot of risk with this money at all. And so we just want to make sure that it that it's 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 easy, it's understandable, and it's it's safe and conservative for you, but at the same time delivers the income that you and your wife need after you pay off all these bills.
5: Okay. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's yep. what we're looking to do.
2: Yep. Very very simple. So so there's there's uh, there's there's a few different ways to go about a, a you know doing the scenario uh, that that, that we just described i'll go ahead and put you on hold and we'll have someone give you a ring next week and maybe give you a little bit more details on it i'm sure you don't want to give all your personal details over the air here across the country um but we'll have someone reach out to you and, and get a little bit more um specifics with you as far as that goes okay Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate the phone call. Happy New Year. Let me put you on hold here. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Again, 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, give us a call. Hey, you know, Chris, one of the things that that we get a lot of questions on as well is, you know, what to do with our mortgage, what to do with with, uh, the equity in our home, uh, should we trade down? Should we? Should we? Should we? You know, rent our homes out and move. What, what's the story? And, and oftentimes, how to manage equity inside of your home is a, a a very large financial decision. There's nine different ways to go about doing it and you we've been seeing lots of commercials out there on reverse mortgages and stuff like that and 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 the concept the financial planning concept is 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 very strong and it's good but i want to bring the point up here that there's there's three different ways in retirement years to to turn equity into streams of income as long as it's appropriate so so one of them is a reverse mortgage now the reverse mortgage works in in a way that that you're going to start receiving income from a bank each month as they're tapping into your mortgage. You can do it in a lump sum or you can do it in income streams. The problem with a reverse mortgage is that the income isn't as large as you think it's going to be versus doing what we would call a a sale leaseback. That's where, and again, one of the purposes of, having a reverse mortgage is that you get to stay in that house, a sale lease back. You get to stay in in the house as well. However, you're selling the home to, you know, maybe an adult child who's going to buy the entire home from you. That way you can cash out all of the money and and profit up to five hundred thousand dollars married, filing jointly tax free uh, and still live in the same home then you're going to lease it back and 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 make that lease or that rent payment so that it covers the mortgage this way you're you're actually cashing out all of the equity in the home not just a very small portion like you would in a reverse mortgage and it still enables you to stay in the home as well just like a reverse mortgage would on the other hand a trade down is where you're going to sell the home Buy a smaller, less maintenance type of a home, and still you'll cash out the money as well. So there's three different systems, three different ways to really go about um, uh, paying. Uh, really go about you know tapping into equity into your retirement years to supplement retirement income. It's very important, and I've done you know different scenarios with with different clients over the years. In 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 looking at how to do all three of them, whether it's a reverse mortgage, a, a sale leaseback, or a trade down, but but using the equity in your home properly can really take the pressure off of some retirement income needs that you may be feeling in your retirement years. Let's go ahead and welcome Carolyn on the line from Texas. Good morning, Carolyn. How are you today?
4: Good. How are you?
2: I'm well. How can I help you?
4: Um, I have some e bonds that I inherited a couple of years ago and i've just had them in a safe deposit box at the bank and i don't know if i've calculated them correctly on how much i'm thinking they're worth about 160 thousand. what should we just leave them or should we i know there's a penalty if you cash them out or you have to pay you know interest on what you've earned i guess or what is your advice for those
2: well there's no penalty to cash them out carolyn mm-hmm. If, if you've calculated them correctly by going to uh, treasury.gov and putting in the serial number on them, it'll show you the cost mm-hmm. of the bond, the interest that's been built on them. And then if you cash them, what, 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 you know, you're going to have to pay taxes on, those, on the interest there. Uh, so, yes, okay. And, and it's also going to tell you what the different bonds are paying as far as interest. You may have a bond right now that's still active, maybe paying 4.5%. That's better than you can get in any bank. Whereas you also okay. may have another bond that might be paying you know a half of a percent, well, you can probably do a little bit better than that, so it's going to be a bond by bond um, okay. uh scenario i don 't know how many bonds there are, but it sounds like there's there's quite a many quite many of them, so we would have to mm-hmm. go through that spreadsheet there and just look at each one individually, look at what the cost is to pay the tax to um, uh to cash it out versus keeping it. And, and in the end, it really goes to what your investment objective is with these dollars. Do you and your family need the money to provide income right now? Uh, you know, what, yeah. what what's going on in, in your scenario there? If, if you don't need the money and if you're looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, well, hey, I receive this in an inheritance. I don't need the money. I'd like to pass it on to my kids or maybe grandkids or something like that, then maybe we take a look at, Are these bonds in the best position for their inheritance somewhere down the road? And the answer might be no. You might want to put them into some mutual funds so that it grows a little bit better or has a better chance to grow than just these these government e-bonds. So lots of choices there, lots of things to to talk about as far as all that goes.
5: Okay, good. Thank you. And what was that site you said to go to
2: again? So it's treasury.gov. Treasury.gov, okay. and you type in the so the not the social, but the uh, uh, the
1: number. serial
2: number. Okay. Yeah, thanks. I couldn't think of the word. The serial number of each bond, and it'll give you the information on it. And if you like, I'll okay. go ahead and and uh, we have a lady in our office that actually helps people do that. And if you want, I'll put you on hold and have someone reach out to you and give you a ring about that and, and help step you through okay. if you want. Okay. Okay. Yep, thank let me put you, you on hold and Bob will get your information and we'll be happy to to reach out and give you some direction on it all. Appreciate the phone call and happy new year. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal show. Go ahead and give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Visit my website at larryrosenthal.com. Check out the video there on the front page. It shows you how a properly structured financial plan should really look. We're back to basics here in our first broadcast of 2019. Opening it up, Chris, uh, for, for you know any questions at, at at all, 855-ROSE-123. Again, you can visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the education section. We've got tons of videos out there for you to check out and look at and lots of information as well. Uh, past radio shows and all kinds of articles on financial planning and just whatever it is that you want to look at—sort of an in- informational hub uh, there. So, also stay tuned. We're going to be announcing some of our seminars that are going to be coming up here soon in the, in the DC area. Uh, in In the next uh, next few months, we're going to be doing uh, the lifetime tax advantage IRA as well as Roth conversions over uh, near near uh, Baltimore. Uh, so we'll, we, we'll be putting them up on the website here probably in the next week or so and, and announcing them as, as well. So you can, go to again, go to the website LarryRosenthal.com, get on the list, and we'll be happy to, to get you in because seating is uh, is limited and, and it's uh, by reservations usually. So, well, Chris, I uh, see we've got just a few seconds left in the show here. Yeah, just we'll be back next. Uh, yep, we'll be back next Saturday with another session of making money sense. And d- during the week, if you have questions, feel free to give us a ring again eight five five rose one two three. After we get off the air, that flips over to our toll free number as well, or go to my website Rosenthal dot com. And if you want information on anything, just click a button there, and we'll be happy to to email it out to you. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll have, be back next Saturday with another session of your Making Money Sense.